welcome back to another episode of the Brazilian Point of View. My name is Ana, and today we have another episode, another country. However, this is a little bit different than the other ones. Of course, it should be because the name of the episode starts with the Ukrainian point of view. And I've never done this before, but I was talking to Ivan. By the way, in the beginning of the episode, I called him Ivan, but then he said that his name is Ivan, so apologize for that. But um, I recorded a very interesting episode with him, and he has his own platform to talk about his country and what's happening there, especially with the war. Because I feel like it was all over the news in the beginning, but then now it's not so much anymore. So many people might have the wrong impression that the war is over, which is absolutely not. So I kind of wanted to give Ivan my platform so he could spread the news on his country about his country, because this is what I really wanted to do when I started this podcast. And um, everything that's happening there in Ukraine is absolutely insane. We get a lot into it, a lot of the background of Ukraine and Russia. How is Ukraine beyond the war, culture, food, and of course, we get into the war. And I wanted to give also a little bit of a trigger warning because if you are just like very sensitive just be careful while listening to this episode just because we talk about a lot that's happening there and there are a lot of absurd things but also while we were recording he um, showed me you're going to listen to this in the episode but he showed me on video that the sirens went off so he had to take shelter with his adorable dog And all of this happened, and he said that he was used to it. And I was I was very sensitive to this whole situation. Honestly, I kept thinking about it the whole week just because it's absurd that someone gets used to a situation just like this. And it had a very huge impact on me. So just trigger warning for whatever it is. Honestly, if you're sensitive, maybe you're just like me and... You will get a huge impression on it. But I really like this episode just because it's more personal. It's not like the news because I think that when you are watching the news, you have a very objective point of view. But when it's someone talking about their experience and everything that it's happening at the moment, and then you have a situation like that during the episode, has a much bigger impact. So I really like this episode. It's obviously the longest one that I've ever had here on the podcast. This is also the longest intro, but I just, yeah, I just wanted to say that before we get to that. But honestly, it was a pleasure for me to extend my platform to Yvonne for him to talk about his country, his culture, and everything that's going on there. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Ivan. How are you? 
uh, fine. Thanks. Uh, a little bit sleepy, but in general, it's fine. Everything. What about you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. I know that like it's kind of later than I would record usually. So thank you so much for making time. Uh, my pleasure. So for starters, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, I suppose that I need for it 30 seconds, not more than 30 seconds. Hello, my name is Ivan Zayets. I'm 28. I live in Ukraine. I'm professional event host. And for the last one month, I started my YouTube channel about Ukraine. So I try to promote Ukraine for the whole world. What else? Uh, sometimes I prefer to have a conversation on podcast. So uh, thanks, Joanna, for uh, invitation. <laughs> and uh, it's quite oh, of course. <laughs> a good opportunity for me to speak with people with different on, from the different countries. That's all. No, that's that's great information. Actually, let's start like right there. Why did you feel like you needed to start a YouTube channel? Because it was, I feel like it was the same to, for me, like with the podcast. But I wanted to get a little bit more into uh, you creating the YouTube channel to inform people more about your country. When was it? Uh, when I, uh, your main question, when I decided to do it. Yep. Uh, first of all, I, I now I have uh, more time than I had before the war. So I decided to push this time in some good uh, road. And uh, one of this road, I decided that it mm, has to be something in English because uh, uh, I produced a lot of content in, content in Russian and in Ukrainian. But uh, now I feel that I have to do it in English because not so many people speak English in Ukraine and it could be some something different from all these people near you so it was I suppose that you know all these ideas like podcasts or YouTube uh, goes uh, in our head when we have uh, uh, amount of time that we don't want to have to spend and how was your decision-making process of starting the YouTube channel and why specifically you wanted to talk about Ukraine? Because I feel like I, on a general basis, I kind of understand because you don't see anything out there about information on Ukraine besides the war. And this is quite recently. So I want to know how it was for you to decide on that. Uh, as for topic, you know, uh, I started to Google a lot of information that in the whole world, a lot of people from different countries have their YouTube channels like Anna from uh, Germany, Nikki from uh, England, uh, Vadim from Russia. And it's a lot of different people from different countries. But from Ukraine, we don't have a lot of people who are telling, who are telling something, uh, this talking heads about uh, my country and decided, well, okay, it's great niche to set it. Why, why not? So uh, it was about how I chose the topic. Yeah, I feel like for me, I found my equal because this was pretty much the same process that I went through. So that's, that's great. 
when you were doing your research, did you see people kind of talking about Ukraine or how, how was that? Because I feel like right now we do have information, but it's, everything is related to the war. But besides that, honestly, like culture, misconceptions, I wanted to get into that because like, yeah, we have, I mean, later on, we're going to talk about the war, but there's much more in Ukraine than just the war. So um, what did you see that people already talked about Ukraine, not necessarily in a war context? Uh, uh, yeah, it's for war, because one of the main, main idea when I decided to start the channel, it was to talk about war. And then I realized that, okay, in one day, uh, the war would finish. What I would tell my subscribers about what? And uh, after that, I realized that I have to uh, concentrate not on the war in general, about culture, about people, about prices, about fuel shortage, because now we have fuel shortage in Ukraine, so, and etc. So when I started to research, to do this research about people, what they say about Ukraine, some of them, and maybe it's fine for somebody, they uh, don't know where is it. Some of the people think uh, that uh, Ukraine is part of Russia. Some of the people think that Ukraine, uh, they know that Ukraine, okay, it's something, uh, Eurovision, yeah, you want the Eurovision, yeah, we heard about it, that it's on, da, 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 da. and uh, people try to connect Ukraine with some news in the previous time. For example, it's like maybe war, maybe Eurovision, maybe some football players, maybe uh, what else? Uh, mostly it's about uh, some uh, geopolitical things. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. I generally feel what you're talking about. It kind of sucks sometimes when your country is recognized about something that you don't really want it to be because there are like more positive things about it than, and people just don't know any of those, which is and, and, why I think and, that it was so there... amazing. As I remember the last thing about about stereotypes about Ukraine, because a lot of people from uh, Turkey and the different Asian uh, countries, they think that Ukrainian girls is the most beautiful girl in the whole world. And it's a huge stereotype because when I communicated with the people from Mexico, I uh, visited Mexico in October uh, 2021, a lot of uh, Mexicans asked me about, oh, we heard about your girls. Could you tell us about your girls? They are ready to communicate with uh, Mexican guys because we found the, them on the date site. And uh, it's, it's a girl and it's one of the popular stereotypes. It's not it's good stereotype, and <laughs> but it's yeah. a stereotype like a fact. Yeah, I think that's really funny because uh, we hear about this a lot on Brazilian women, but it's usually it's um, very much more hypersexualized than just saying that they're just oh beautiful women. It's it goes way worse. <laughs> but you said that in your YouTube channel you share a lot about culture and all of it on Ukraine. What can you 
say about the culture and typical foods? Uh, you know, uh, as for it's quite interesting. I have only one question for you. What do you know about Ukraine in general besides the war? Do, like, that, this is my point. Honestly, like I did my whole research on Ukraine on Google and it only has information about war, like absolutely nothing else. <laughs> and then if it's not the war, it's just like geography, it's agriculture, like, you know, like economics. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, Let, let's get into like culture and the day-to-day -day life besides the war, like before the war. Mm -hmm. And there's mm -hmm. nothing on it. This is what completely sucks. Uh, so, uh, how I could answer you about the culture? For for uh, one of the main points that Ukraine independent for 30 years because Ukraine is post-Soviet Union country, and in our country we have a lot of things that uh, could be composed to Russia, Belarus, and different countries. But for the last 30 years, we try to build our own country. So. Uh, we ask for food, or as for food, we prefer, we have borscht, we have varieniki, it's traditional Ukrainian food. We have salo, I don't know how to translate salo. Salo is like uh, from pork, I suppose that it's from pork, you could slice it like, um, help me, salo, it's uh, fat from pork or something like that. So it's yeah, yeah it, it I, I, don't, I don't know, but I, I know what you but mean. it's it's traditional uh, food of Ukraine and a lot of people mostly from uh, different countries in the Europe ask us when you go to Poland, Belarus or uh, when you went to this country, they ask to take it with you because Ukrainian style is something unbelievable. As for money, a lot of uh, people earn money in Ukraine with in, in agricultural. Uh, sex sector so uh, they work on the fields uh, we produce uh, seeds and all these agriculture things uh, as for a lot of IT specialists in Ukraine work in Ukraine and I suppose that it's one of the great opportunity to earn money in Ukraine is to be an IT specialist because in Ukraine, we had a great options with taxes. You don't have to pay a lot of money for being an IT specialist. You could imagine that now our president, uh, maybe two years ago, uh, provided 2% uh, taxes for IT specialists. So you could work and you have to pay only 2% taxes per month. And it's a great opportunity for you to earn money. Uh, what else? Uh, we, uh, I, I don't know, because it's for me some routine point, you know, I do it every day. We, um, maybe some, one of the not good part of Ukraine is uh, uh, corruption, because yeah, we have corruption in our country, but it's not something new for your country or for European country, because all we understand that we have corruption in general. Sometimes for the last eight years after this revolution, because years ago we had revolution in Ukraine and a lot of things changed, has changed. So now it's better. Uh, I don't know, I suppose that it's all this uh, flow from my mouth <laughs> that I remember about Ukraine. <laughs>
no that was that was really enlightening and um I kind of wanted to know for people from Ukraine how it is the relationship with Russia because I think like five years ago I took like a summer course of international relations and we studied literally like for two months it was um the relationship between Ukraine and Russia and Crimea and I have like books and it's just like a whole thing but I wanted to know how people from Ukraine feel about Russia and Russian people uh you know let's start from let's divide this topic on uh, some parts first of all let's uh uh read off uh, Crimea and uh, Donetsk Lugansk region for now because it's about territory we are talking about attitude and about relationship uh you know that our country is so close so most of the people in Ukraine have uh, uh, family uh, relationships with Russians Belarus uh, Moldova Poland uh, and all countries uh, around uh, Ukraine but for uh, first uh, for the i suppose it's 2022 yeah for the uh, for 22 years we were so pro russian country so uh, it's a lot of relationships from 1991 till 2014 we had a lot of relationships with russians we uh, didn't have borders in general like you could use your ukrainian passport to go to Belarus and Russia but uh, in 2014 uh, we had a revolution and this revolution uh, were was supported mostly by uh, most of the people in Ukraine because it was like and I supported it at all because it was like good idea because our president denied and canceled a resolution to be more close to Europe he decided to be close to Russia and uh, like maybe you don't know but 75% of Ukrainians they are more pro european pro european yeah uh, citizen than pro russian and uh, all this um, revolution started so in 2014 uh, started this crash in relationships between ukrainian and russians because russians didn't believe us that uh, uh, we didn't kill our people in Donetsk Lugansk we didn't uh, wanna like uh, kill somebody in Crimea and we we didn't push you for Russian language because natively and uh, like I was born in Chernigiv it's so close to Kiev uh, the capital of Ukraine uh, I spoke Russian for the whole my, of my life and nobody bullied me for it so uh, one of the main points started eight years ago then uh, the war started like uh, Russia occupied Crimea and Russia occupied this territory and they had their news and their news told them that oh guys it's not uh, uh, occupation uh, we tried to save you from uh ukrainian nazism and neo-fascism but <laughs> i don't know <laughs> where is uh, neo-fascism so in general as for now and i'm sure uh i suppose that a lot of people have families uh, maybe uncles maybe mother-in-laws and somebody in russia 
and uh, these relationships is so tough because they uh, don't want to listen us uh, uh, we don't want to listen them because we have different uh, news uh, we have different point of view and the last thing that i don't know how people from russia could know more about ukraine if they don't live here i live here so uh, i don't tell you what happens in russia because i'm not interested in it so now it's so tough relationships and mostly uh, a lot of ukrainians now Rus- so russophobic because they hate for bucha and for all these things that the russia uh, has done for the last three months no yeah it, it makes sense i mean and it, i think that people think that it came everything happened so fast recently but like you just explained it's been happening for a few years starting off with crimea so it goes a little bit back and it, it's not like out of a sudden mm-hmm. uh, the last uh, thing about um, this conflict you know uh, maybe we forget for the last eight years we forget that Russia occupied Crimea and Donetsk and Luhansk and for uh, many people in Ukraine it uh, it is uh, get used to we get used to it so by now from the february of this year everybody like okay we like woke from the dream and we understand like guys what are you doing it's like it's not normal why are you uh, bombed us why you're killing our people it's not normal but for them it's like we try to save you but we don't want to be safe yeah honestly bold of them to think that it's like safety reasons because like mm-hmm. i mean i know that in russia they are blocking the news but still uh, yeah they uh you know maybe in right maybe you don't know but in russia russia blocked youtube and russia blocked uh, meta products so instagram blocked facebook blocked uh, youtube blocked. yeah uh Some people use VPN for using uh, Instagram and different platforms. But what of the uh, one? What the main reason of their use? They wanna leave only their news. They don't allow people to uh, read news from different uh, different points. For for me, it's not a problem to read their news. It's like I could Google it. Yeah. I, Maybe it's not so easy to find the uh, original point of the news, but mm, for me, it's not my my government doesn't block it. I wanted to jump in in the well current reality of what you're living and starting off with how was it like for you, like your personal experience with the invasion on Ukraine and uh, yeah because I think that you you can see it on the news but it's going to be obviously very different than someone who actually was in the country because I cannot imagine the desperation that it was uh, it's one of the main problem with all our uh 
partners it's not our my partners it's for i'm talking about poland about the united states about the great britain because they support ukraine with weapons and uh, hard weapons but they are not living in the war and for me it was like uh, a first time when i met war like from my uh, window and i saw like russia bombed kiev and it was horrible one of them main option that uh, maybe it was weird but for the last one year our government prepared us for this war it was not like okay guys uh, in february you would have a war it was like something a lot of courses for people for first aid uh, a lot of courses for people how to protect your apartment how to uh use the tourniquet for hands for i don't know bandages bandages how to stop a blood pressure and uh all these things how to mm, prepare case of anxiety uh, case of anxiety it's, uh, i could show you it's quite easy <laughs> so um i suppose that most of ukrainians have this uh, case of anxiety it i would show you firstly it's like it's typical bag yeah. how you it's uh, like a first how, aid bag yeah oh, okay. yeah it's it's some uh, things that you could uh, use and if with some food or something that you could use for uh two or three days or one week so we were ready to prepare this case of anxiety a luggage of anxiety so we in some in for 10% we were ready but um, living in uh, during the war uh, was so stressful first of all because you like as for me i didn't know what to do i have to be in my apartment i have to be in a shelter what i have to do as for now we have special application that say us like be careful if Uh, um air alert we have air alert where when russia sent bombs and something so uh, as for this night uh, three times russia bombed ukraine so we have three alerts and you have to go to shelter it's special notification so you have you see this yeah dots uh, green and red dots red dots yeah. Yeah. Uh, please go to shelter green, green dots it's like you could come back for your real life we have special application for it and this application show you when you have to hide so it's one of the great option and we have it in the each city so it's for reality of uh, life <laughs> oh my god like seriously that's absolutely crazy because i mean i was seeing the news and i was like okay this is the news so you get more of an objective point of view but like if you try to put yourself in the situation like for me it's pure desperation i feel like at this point when i see stuff like this i feel like thank god that brazil is like kind of far away mm-hmm. from things and that no one wants to fight us like no one wants anything to do with us i kind of want to ask you how did you decide on staying on ukraine because i know that a lot of people left the country uh you uh, read my uh, <laughs> uh, question that i want to answer you uh, i am not allowed to leave ukraine all people all oh, men all, uh, for example all men 
uh, we oh, are not okay. allowed to leave Ukraine. So oh if you are from 18 till 60, you are not allowed to leave Ukraine. Uh, my wife, for example, or all women could leave because it's not like uh, they wouldn't be uh, mobilized. Yeah, they wouldn't be mobilized in, in general. So, uh, but it's not a big deal because now our president may be... Uh, two or three days ago, uh, told that now 700,000 people, men, protected Ukraine from Russian aggression. So it's a lot of people uh, protection. And we have like special waves of mobilization. So I'm in the last uh, wave because I, uh, I wasn't in the army at all. I like... I maybe shot one time, so it was like with my friends, and uh, so it. <laughs> I didn't shot. I didn't shot people. <laughs> so no, yeah, we are I, not allowed yeah. to leave. Uh, the last point. But if you're under uh, 18 or after 60, you could leave. So for example, my parents, my father-in-law, and my mom, they could leave Ukraine, and for them, it's not a huge problem. So did they leave Ukraine or they're still there? Uh, no, no, no. They're still there. They went to uh, the west part of Ukraine when the war started and they were close to the borders. And my home city was bombed a lot because I'm from, I, I'm from Chernigiv. Now I live in Kiev. But Chernigiv was bombed a lot. And um, for them, it was... Uh, uh a little bit stressful to leave town when you when russian bombed your city and a lot of people yeah. died every day and how did you ukrainian people feel about the president because i know that he stayed in the country like he, he chose not to leave the country so i think that it would be like so easy to like try to govern like away not like in the situation with the people so this was like my perspective when I read about it. I was like, I mean, at least he's like there trying to uh, like living the situation. And uh, because, I mean, if you govern like from afar, it's, it's just not the same. And I know that it's like super dangerous, but like still. Uh, one of the main option uh, about, uh, for example, I suppose that you heard about uh, President Zelensky and maybe you... Uh, have read something about him that he wasn't a politician before uh, his yeah, president. Yeah, <laughs> I read about yeah, it. And uh, I uh, met him in person only once before uh, he became a president. It was in his office. And uh, I know a lot of guys from uh, his company that he used to be. And uh, he, if I could use this word, he's like a human for 100 percent so he is not a politician he do everything like he feel if he afraid he would show that he afraid if he is scared he would show he would show that he's scared so uh, in general uh, in one of his interviews he told to the uh, to the correspondent that um, to the reporter story the, uh, that he declined to leave Ukraine because it's not so fair that your country is bombed and you're uh, going away. So he decided to stay here. And for the last three months, 
uh, in general rate of our president increased maybe now i suppose that 95% of ukrainians support uh, zelensky yeah no cuz like what he did was big cuz he chose to stay to stay in the situation like he 100% didn't have to stay but literally gives me chills because i'm pretty sure that most of governors would be like i'm out of here <laughs> Uh, and a lot of deputies you know we have i don't know like in brazil and in ukraine we have uh, 450 deputies uh, it's people who work with presidents and uh, approve or decline yeah, yeah. all this law mm-hmm. so a lot of not a lot maybe 20 per uh, not 20% 20 uh, deputies left ukraine in first in the first one week some of them left ukraine before the full invasion maybe uh, they know something because uh, uh, mostly these 20 people from pro russian party so maybe they have known something well this this might help in the next elections <laughs> <laughs> really good to see someone's character well is there something else you would like to tell people like this is your stage if there's something you would like people to know It can be about the country the war the culture live in situation anything uh you know uh i suppose that before the full invasion uh, a lot of uh, people because i have seen a lot of foreigners in kiev and they mostly walked around uh, they drank coffee they had conversation they Uh, had a date so i suppose that uh, kiev in general is quite interesting city to visit for tourists uh, maybe after uh, war you uh, will be considering about serious i highly recommend you to visit odessa odessa is uh, um, south part of ukraine uh, i hope so that odessa will be fine because now Odessa is under attack of Russian uh, bastards, so I suppose that everything would be fine. Uh, Odessa, Lviv, Kiev, it's a huge city, to, it's a great city to visit. And uh, if you heard about Chernobyl, it's nuclear station that we have in Ukraine, you could visit Chernobyl and it's open for people. Uh, it's a lot of guide tours, you could walk around through uh, devastated city uh, i don't remember the name of the city but if you would watch hbo um, serial about chernobyl it's, uh, you could walk around this city so uh, visit ukraine it's great country to live not not now but everything would be fine <laughs> yeah i kind of i think that Actually like I want to know from you is that same is the situation the same with Russia attacking Ukraine because since like the beginning it was the news were all around it but I don't see so much of it anymore I don't know if uh, it's because it's better or if it's just because the news got tired of it could be both Something has changed for example the main points of Russian attacks were in that moment russia had in the beginning russia had three like points and three spots how they attacked ukraine it's from crimea from donetsk lugansk and from belarus 
It was from Belarus's close way to Kiev, from Donetsk Lugansky close way to attack Kharkiv and in general protect Donetsk and Lugansk. Uh, and from Crimea, it's south part of Ukraine, so uh, it was in the beginning. After one month, the Ukraine uh, soldiers and Ukrainian troops uh, like pushed out uh, Russian soldiers from this part, from uh, from Kiev and from Chernigiv and this part from Belarus, but and they left. They left at all, and after uh, their leaving, we saw all these photos of Bucha, Irpin, Gastomel. Maybe you uh, googled it. If you not, you could watch it. It's so horrible, and uh, I don't know how people could do these uh, things. It's, it's horrible. And uh, for example, yesterday I visited this series when you could see and uh, the building is, I could send you this photo, but uh, I suppose that you would see it, 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 it is like this, or mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's like a lot of bombs, destroyed. it is, yeah, everything is destroyed yeah. and it's horrible. As for now, one, two, uh, two, two hot spots, it's uh, this part from Crimea and this part close to Donetsk, Lugansk. And I don't think uh, that Russia reduce their aggression. I suppose that they concentrated on these two points and now uh, they uh, use their artillery and uh, hard uh, uh, weapons there. But don't forget that they could attack you from ships or from submarines because they attack you from Black Sea and uh, all these uh, air alert they sent and they bomb Ukrainian cities. So you can't be safe. In Ukraine, we don't have this safe spot. So it's not like on the West part, it's safety. They're more safe than in Kiev. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry you're going through this, really. Um, I suppose that you be like, it happened. I can't impact on it. I can't change something. Everything that you could do is to rebuild your life and try to uh, tell people more uh, about what happened. And it could happen with uh, each country in Europe. Yeah, you're in Brazil and it's quite good uh, position for you <laughs> to live. But Nothing no Poland... one wants anything to do with us. <laughs> But uh, why Poland uh, support Ukraine so much? Because uh, Poland is so close to for to Belarus. Yeah. Poland is so close to Russia too. And if Ukraine would, yeah, you can the same situation with Estonia, Latvia, and all these parts close to uh, Finland, uh, because they could be next. And you don't know what Vladimir Putin uh, thinks about uh, these countries and what his mad idea would be denazification or demilitarization and i might be wrong but i don't think i am okay i think that the brazilian president he absolutely sucks and i just want to make that clear i did not vote for him i say this in every situation because i, I feel like i must do this but i think he uh, supports putting what uh, interesting you could say it in your country you could say that my president is stuck 
and it's about democracy because in ukraine uh, i saw a lot of people with sign like zelensky starts before the war it was a lot of uh, protests and meetings against zelensky like you're a bad president you're a bad Zelensky sucks, and it was like police state, and like okay, we glance on it, we uh, we control the situation. They are not so aggressive; they are uh, protesting, but it's fine. In Russia, you are not afford to do it. You are not allowed to do it because uh, you would be sentenced. Yeah, at this point, I read that it's a full dictatorship. Honestly, because you cannot even say anything bad about the government or anything that you are, you get arrested. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, and it's, it's, it's one of the uh, interesting points because a lot of uh, my friends, when they visited, they're from Russia, and when they visited Ukraine, they were surprised that uh, a lot of stand up comedians went in Ukraine and gave and they had a concert here and when they communicated with people they could tell like or oh, we love our president yeah it's like in russia or we hate our president and he was surprised like okay you uh, it's recorded this concert is recorded are you sure that we could leave it and yes it's like it's fine we could be against it or but or for it or against it. and it's fine uh, yeah, we understand that we don't want to have pro-Russian president, and I suppose mm-hmm. that we wouldn't. But if you're pro-European president, we could like be for you or against you. It's fine. Yeah, I think that the living situation there is just crazy as well. It's it's just a very um, sensitive situation. And I think that it's very unfortunate that because it's been a while since it started, the whole war, the news aren't reporting it so much anymore. Like they are, but it's not like the full news, like the whole hour or anything like this. It's just like, oh, it's been happening for a while. So it's like, it's the same. And uh, I don't know, I, I would guess that some people think it's over just because they haven't heard anything else. And not like fine, because as I remember uh, in 20, uh, maybe in 20, in 208, uh, Georgia had the same conflict with Russia. Russia all, all the time used the same outline. It's like try to protect our citizens. We want to protect Russian language and blah, blah, blah. It happened in 1991 in Moldova. It happened in the uh, 200, uh, oh, 2008 in Tbilisi. It happened in 2014 in Ukraine. All scenario, all the time, and people uh, <laughs> believe in it. So when it happened in Georgia, I didn't feel like it's Georgia. It's one, maybe 1,050. Uh, 15 kilometers or 1,500 kilometers from me, but I didn't feel like, okay, it's war. How it's, oh, war in Georgia, okay, yeah, you have war, yeah, Russia is bad, Georgia is fine. But now it's like how people could feel everything that feel Ukrainians if you're not here. I suppose it's Brasilia, it's from 
6,000 kilometers or more from Ukraine. So it's fine if you don't feel it. And I hope that you wouldn't feel uh, in general uh, something about war. Mm-hmm. I, I Like I said, I just, I, I can't even put myself in this situation. Like I, I honestly cannot imagine Like, I just see the news when there aren't the news and like listening to you talk about it. And it's just like the most terrible feeling, but like get to imagine the situation. It's, I think it's very hard. It it gets to you to be in the type of situation and no one wants to be there. So we are going through it. And uh, one of the, my main dream, and I suppose that it's, main aim and target for all Ukrainians that everything uh, would change after this war. But uh, by the way, we have a lot of people uh, who support uh, who support Russia now. They live in Ukraine. They are still silent. Uh, but one of the main options of these people, because I communicated with them, they uh, feel nostalgia for Soviet Union. You know, they believe that it's, it's people uh, older than I. Uh, maybe it's close, like yeah. 50. Yeah, or... there are always people like this that are longing for the past that only them were on the good side of it. And uh, for example, but I suppose that it's problem of the families because my mom, see, she's uh, uh, 54 and she doesn't have this problem. And one of the main reasons, because I, uh, 10 years ago, I started to show her different Ukraine. I started to show her technology. I started to, uh, I gave her an opportunity to go to, to go abroad, to see how people in different countries live. And my mom, maybe two uh, two months ago no two months ago two months before the war she started to drive a car it's like 54 years woman she realized that it's not like because one of the main stereotypes from soviet union is that 50 years you're a pensioner your life is over you could uh, prepare to be uh, uh, to to be uh, to die you could prepare to die and everything is finished in your life. But no, it's post-Soviet Union stereotype. And why I told, uh, why I I mentioned that it's family problems? Because if you're, or you, I suppose that you would hear this sound. I can't Um, hear anything. You can't hear anything? No. Because maybe okay, I finish about if this you don't hear. No, I can't hear anything. What is it? So I I would show you now. I would reconnect from my phone. Wait a minute. I would show you. I don't know. Would you? Yeah, I can hear it. It's uh, air alert and uh, a lot of people have to hide in some places. I suppose that you would hear it again, again, because it's repeated for five minutes and uh, a lot of people. Oh my God. 
and you have to you have these special uh, shelters it's like a metro station and you could hide mm-hmm. here and uh, does this mean that uh, you will you have to hide right uh, now no, no i would, I would tell you uh, could you hear me or not yeah yeah uh, could you say oh so everything uh it's quite funny because i have to be i told you that we have special options so you could go to shelter or you could be protected if you hide in your apartments and before outside and you you have two walls so we have this one wall for protection and this wall from outside so it's recommended by our government and if we have uh, air alert we have to hide in uh, somewhere where we have uh, two walls <laughs> so sorry for it but it's uh, it's fine yeah i could communicate you but let me hide <laughs> oh my god like what is like what is this it's crazy it's a uh, real, real life in Ukraine, but a lot of people ignore this uh, air alert and you could understand that for somebody, but for me and mostly I try to control it uh, with my mom that uh, if you want to be safe, if you want to be safe, you have to protect here and uh, ready to answer questions. <laughs> yeah, that's um, crazy. Hello from Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. So um, one thing that I read the other day that I did not see on the news, I think I read it on Twitter. I feel like I can find much more information about things on Twitter. I don't know why. But I saw that many Russian soldiers, they were raping a lot of Ukrainian women. Mm-hmm. And I think and that when... women, children. Yeah. And when you get like the news, it's like, oh, bombs and everything. But they don't get so much of this particular situations. Um. You know, uh, all this story that Russian raped some woman uh, when realized, like, how Ukrainians know this situation. When they go, they went out from uh, Kyiv, um, our troops started to clear this territory from missile, from bombs, from everything, and um, they found uh, a lot of... Uh, people that were murdered by Russians, some women that were raped, and all these stories from women who uh, are still alive, and they are talking like uh, uh, they they pushed me to watch how they raped my child or something. It's horrible. And uh, I prefer not to read this type of news because, you know, when you lived during the war, you try to, um, in the beginning of the war, I have maybe three or four uh, news sources, and they always know, tell me uh, about news. Now I have only one, because I try not to read news, because I uh, I am a little bit afraid to find something bad in this news, and it's like, it's bad news. Uh, about raping, yeah, about uh, murders. 
and you try to protect it, but it's horrible. And I could understand why uh, they, like, I, I understand why they do it because a lot of people who are soldiers from Russia now uh, fighting against Ukraine, they are not from Moscow. They are not from uh, uh, St. Petersburg. They are not from the big cities. They are from the small villages from the Taiha and Siberia, and they haven't seen anything in their life, and they are ready to fight for something, like for something, for their sacred idea. But uh, could you imagine that you have a machine gun and you could rape a woman and she's cute, she's beautiful, and you could save her to have sex with him, and uh, if she doesn't, he would kill her. Could you imagine? And it's regular situation. Maybe I'm so calm now because I have uh, read a lot of news about it. I saw these uh, buildings. I, uh, thanks God, I haven't seen this woman in person. But uh, I don't know how your uh, system, how your brain could. go uh, could uh, live after all the situation yeah yeah i know what you mean so all this news uh truth but uh, i don't want to read it because for me i prefer to read the news once or twice per day and it's you know it's short news story like zelensky wrote something our a military tried to attack them more close to Kharkiv. Uh, Russia started to bombard this, blah, blah, blah. So it's like specialists of everything and don't want to absorb all this pain through this news. No, yeah, it makes sense because it must be so hard and there's like so many terrible situations happening all at once. So it makes total sense. Um so do you want to share where people can find you online your youtube channel maybe your instagram i could send you with my photo and uh, oh yeah for sure i always link everything in the description either way so yeah (laughs) thanks a lot Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, I would share my YouTube and Instagram, but I, I don't think that my Instagram would be interesting for your subscribers because mostly it's in Ukrainian on Russian. And uh, yeah, sometimes I could show, uh, for example, yesterday I visited these cities that were bombed. So maybe it makes sense for somebody. Uh, but yeah, I would share my Instagram and my YouTube. Yeah, thank you so much. So I guess finally, every week we give a recommendation of a book, a movie, or a TV show. What recommendation do you have for our listeners this week and why? Okay, as for (laughs) books, as for books, as for books, uh, it could be educated or it could be some nonfiction, what it could be, or it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The recommendation that you want to give. Now I'm reading Yuval Noi Harari Sapiens. I suppose that it's quite popular book in the whole world. It's uh, 
uh, Sapiens, it's a story about uh, everything. Oh, about, yeah. About I started reading it. Yeah. Great recommendations. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anna. And, yeah. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast and be so open about the situation in Ukraine and everything else besides the war, because it's also very important. And uh, all the craziness that happened within this last <laughs> hour, because yeah but thank you so much for coming really uh thank you uh, i suppose it was for me it was pleasure to have conversation with you because uh, you're so open you're ready to ask you are quite easy to uh, surprise so if <laughs> i saw your face when you heard all these uh sounds but as for me maybe it's uh, regular day but for you it's like oh my god what happened so yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for your podcast uh, thank you for everything that you do so that's it for today's episode i really hope that you enjoy it i hope that it had a big impact on you don't forget to follow ivan in his social media it's all linked in the description as always. His YouTube channel mostly is in English, so definitely check that out. But also, first time for everything, I'm thinking about actually sharing the video of this episode, which I've never done before. And it scares me a little bit because I was so not prepared for that. I look hideous. I have this huge resting bitch face, so don't take it personally, honestly. But I'm thinking about doing that. So I'm going to do this on the podcast YouTube channel, which I haven't uploaded anything since probably January 2021. So it's been a long time, but I might do that. And once I do, I'm going to link the description of this episode, but I will also share on my podcast Instagram story. So you can check that out. And um, yeah, this episode was very lightly edited just because I wanted to be raw, you know, but yeah, I actually really like this episode despite everything. I think that it was very informative and it has a lot of what I want to do with the platform that I have. I just want to honestly help any way that I can maybe this will reach people that Yvonne wouldn't be able to and then can help him with sharing about his country but yeah overall I just really liked recording this episode with him but yeah thank you so much for tuning in and I hope to see you back here next week bye everyone